Howdy, Tonzilla Files. Welcome to a long overdue episode of Escaping the Cave, Tonzilla X-Pod. EscapingTheCave.com. This other thing I keep trying to add in there. Hope you're good. It is uh, the afternoon of June 16th, 2020. It's a Tuesday. Which means I think tomorrow would have been a full four weeks. Since I've released an episode, one of these audio masterpieces that I'm sure you're looking forward to with rapt anticipation. Right? Right? Just nod. Give me the little things, huh? So what's been going on since last we chatted? (laughs) Holy Christ! Oof. Look, I don't... (laughs) don't know how to excuse my absence. I don't even know how to explain why I haven't been able to record one of these things. It's not for lack of material. Obviously. I think like a lot of us, a lot of us, I think this is coming at me just as hard and just as fast. That sounded good. And hitting me as such as a lot of people Processing everything that's going on from the coronavirus to Trump to now this George Floyd protest outbreak, the rioting, everything else, and this cultural change that is supposedly afoot here in the United States of America in 2020. I'll be getting to that here momentudo. Sit tight. I've tried to pay attention. I've tried to do my due diligence as a responsible podcaster and you know, put all this material together, pay attention to it, try to make some sense out of it, put my spin, my take, my spin on it, and, and provide it to you, the listener. Oh, my God. I feel like a ping pong ball some days, some hours. I have not been able, for the last week, and I mean this, to watch the news. Physically unable to watch cable news anymore. And why would I? It's become useless. Going back and forth between these stupid networks, MSNBC and uh, CNN have become indistinguishable. I gave CNN a little bit of credit a couple of months ago after the uh, pandemic first erupted. I thought they were doing a pretty good job. Just sort of getting the information out there, not taking a side. Now they have become Ally TV. They are MSNBC2 and Fox. (laughs) Bitch, please. Where are you supposed to go? Pray tell. Where are you supposed to go to get some just decent, detoxified information about anything? I said this a long time ago. I don't remember when. Just a while back. Said it a few times at different points along the the podcast's adventure that maybe the only solution when it comes to the news media is to treat it as a research project. In other words, go find out what these guys are saying, right, from a conservative point of view, and get your your information on the Democrats from there. Because that's the only place that you're going to get any kind of critical information uh, concerning the Democrats. Now, if you want uh, constructive or otherwise criticism of the conservatives, then you go to MSNBC and you go to CNN. But you can't take anything they're advocating for seriously. You can't. MSNBC, I'm sorry, I I I was going to say CNN, but really, (laughs) they are indistinguishable now. CNN is pathetic. 
It's embarrassing for them to call themselves a news network. They have completely sold out once again, just as they did. Back in 2016, they've completely sold themselves out to the Anti-Trump Network. Part 2, version 2. You're not getting anything that will go against the liberal-slash-democratic dogma from CNN. It is there to get you to vote for a Democrat in November. It's as simple as that. Why? It doesn't matter. I've laid all of this out. There are a number of theories. I have a lot of ideas why they're doing this. A lot of them revolve around dollar signs and giving you what you want, the ideological slop in the trough, as I've called it. Sure, that plays in, but it doesn't matter. In the, in the end, when it comes to curating your information and not being an intellectual pig, slurping up the slop in the trough, when it comes to that, how do you get it? How are you a responsible informational consumer? You can't be in this culture right now. There are maybe two places that I can go and get anything that is relatively unfiltered. I, and I'm saying relatively here, and that's AP. That's one of them. Reuters does a pretty good job as well. Everybody else, and yes, I'm including NPR in this, hippies. It all has an ideological bent. They're all activizing one way or the other. Fuck the activist judges. To hell with them. The real problem is the activist media. Both directions advocating for this or advocating for that. Proselytizing for this. Proselytizing for that. I wish this podcast were in stereo. That would have sounded really cool. So where are you supposed to go? Good luck. If you'd like, if you found a place, I would personally, I would love to hear about it. I am completely unaware of one good, decent place to go to trust, not even trust, to not have to carve away the propaganda fat from the meat of the information, the bone of the story, and just get what happened. I don't need your opinion, Brooke Baldwin. I sure as fuck don't need yours, Don Lemon. I don't need your take. I don't go to CNN to get your take. I go to CNN to get information. I don't need analysis or supposed analysis, I should say. That's just basically disguised editorializing and spin. It's a fancy word for spin. Analysis. Come on. If you know of a place to go, my standard's pretty high, granted. You found it, you let me know. In fact, uh, (laughs) I have a place you can go now. I've been talking about digital detox and getting rid of Facebook uh, just about a year on this podcast, I think. I think it started the uh, first week of last June. I've been talking about it a long time, you know, hinting at it, trying different things to sort of, you know, balance my life out on social media and organically and all that crap. Hasn't worked very well. It's working better. I have finally plunged everybody but a few travel contacts from my Facebook profile. I am without a Facebook profile. Right now, with no one in it to speak of, there's no one in it for the first time probably since 2008. You can kind of massage those details a little bit to get there. But this is the least uh, of a a social media footprint that I have had since I got on Facebook in 2008. And what I've done, 
I decided to open the Facebook page. Just the Facebook page. That's it. And at least this is how I'm seeing it. It's worked out pretty well because that is an outgoing signal for the most part. There is nothing coming in. No stupidity to come in and soil my day. Everything that I put on social media has to do with this podcast and its subject matter. 95% of it. And it's outgoing. I set very, very clear and distinct boundaries when I open that Facebook page up. I will not be dealing with proselytes. I will not be dealing with trained ideological attorneys refabricating and repackaging and rearticulating arguments that they heard somewhere else on the interwebs and bringing it to my little cyber oasis in Facebook land. I will not be doing that, no. That does not mean I do not wish to have discussions with people. I miss those. I enjoy those. I get a lot out of those, but I am not going to sit there and deal with a preacher coming over and telling me the glories of God, giving me the good word. I'm not going to be discussing O.J. Simpson with Johnny Cochran, if you will, and you just did. It's not going to happen anymore. That's what it becomes. If you have a blue wave on your Facebook profile... Go away. I don't really care what you have. You may be brilliant. You may be a rhetorical genius who can save the world with his wordcraft. I do not care. I do not want to hear it. When I see that blue wave, I am well-versed in hippiedom, my friends. I am well-versed. Being a former liberal myself, I'm well-versed in all the rhetoric. I know the plank. I know the platform. I know from whence you spring. I don't need you to repackage it for me, to try to save me. I don't care what you have to say. If you are wandering around in cyberspace with a blue wave announcing your brand and which team you have decided to join, I don't care what you have to say because I dare say, it's a judgment call, yes, and I'm making it, I dare say I've heard it. And the same goes for you MAGA freaks. I don't care what you have to say about pretty much everything. I've heard it before. You know how I heard it? Yeah, I heard it from the other side because I was part of it. I heard it from your side by arguing with you. The homogeny of thought that infects both sides of this dialectic is striking. Nobody ever goes off point. You can't herd cats. (laughs) There's a metaphor here. I'm trying to figure it out. Whatever. You cannot herd 10 people into a room and get them to agree on fucking movies or music. But holy Christ, you've got millions of fabricants who agree with absolutely everything about liberalism or conservatism. Is that not suspicious to you? Isn't that suspicious? Isn't that an indicator of the religious mind? The proselyte, the missionary, the zombified, ideological, I don't know, just fabricant. That's the best word I can think of. You have been fabricated. You have been crafted. You have been made. And now you don't have to think anymore. You don't have to decide what you think about everything because you have joined this little ideological cult and they have decided what you think for you. 
Oh, that's so easy, isn't it? Yeah, maybe you're busy all day. Maybe you don't have time to think through all of these issues. There's path. I've said it a hundred million times, a path to empathy here. I get that. But if you're ignorant of the issues, just shut up. Don't run to somebody to have them think for you and then strut around like you're some sort of a noble intellectual critter. If you haven't come to these things, if you haven't processed even a little bit of the nuance of these issues, these different wedge issues that are sitting here dividing us like the Grand National Canyon, if you haven't done that, you're not anywhere near an intellectual, let alone noble. You're a parrot. That's it. I don't want to deal with you anymore, and I'm not going to. Oh, but what about debate, Todd? What about it? What about it? Why don't I go to church and debate God with the minister? Again, why don't I debate with Johnny Cochran about OJ? He is a retained attorney. The minister is a retained attorney arguing for an established, quote-unquote, paid position. You're paying with it with your identity and a lot of social capital. The things you said, the things you've done, the people you pissed off, the allegiances you've made. You're heavily invested in this. You are not going to even try, try, try to take two steps toward an external truth of the matter on any of this. You are defending it. I don't want you around anymore. You are the problem. It's not the media, although the media plays big. Actually, it exploits it. It exploits all of this for money. God damn it, for money, for your eyeballs in front of commercials. I've been saying for years, years now, man, it's the people. It's the people. It's you and I. That's the problem here. And this religious, this lazy, calcified religious mind, this secularly religious mind where you've abandoned God and replaced it with doctrine, replaced it with the external cosmic God, of social justice, or the Founding Fathers, whom, by the way, I am quite certain now you have not read a single word of, especially if you're a militia guy. Oh, I have some stuff for you on that. I won't get to that right now. But no, you have replaced what was once positioned as the universal deity that explained everything, being God, Jesus, Sky Daddy and the Zombie Messiah, you have replaced that with political ones, ideological ones, things that have taken God's role, God's place in your lives to explain everything about the world for you, either because you don't have the time to think it through, you're too fucking lazy to think it through, and don't want to do it, you just want the easy fix of someone telling you what to think. Or maybe, you know what? You just like the fight. Whatever. I keep coming back to this. The why does not matter. It's what's happening. It's the effects that matter. So that's why I have closed up. I have put a, (laughs) it's a barbed wire fence around my boundaries on my Facebook page. I can't really get rid of it. I'm going to rephrase that. I could get rid of it quite easily. But to be honest with you, if doing a podcast, this, it's self-destructive. Because you folks, 
and me too, I shouldn't say you folks, we all, like the convenience of having stuff hand-delivered to our phones or to our computers so we don't have to remember to go look for it. I love Andrew Sullivan. I've, I've touted his praises, sang his praises on the show a lot of times. And I honestly, I took him out of my Twitter feed. I wanted to get down to zero. I didn't want anything coming in. <laughs> and I forgot he existed for a couple of weeks. And I love the guy. I forgot about Matt Taibbi. I've got a piece coming up on him. The only reason I remembered him and decided to go read this epic article that really delves into the, uh, the cancel purge culture, the slash in there, the only reason that I saw that article was because somebody sent it to me. So, understanding this and understanding, <laughs> trying to, you know, use myself as sort of a reflective mirror, if that's happening to me, and I'm really into this stuff, <laughs> more than most people, have you noticed? If that's happening to me, though, I have to apply that sort of gracious standard to everybody else. People, I, I'm not front and center of their lives. I should be. We can all agree, I think, that I should be, but I'm not. You don't think about me every hour of every day. I wonder if Todd's released a podcast. And you know what? I shouldn't expect you to. You may go check the website every month, maybe, if I'm lucky. But you know what? If it's not put in front of you, you're going to forget it's here. And you're going to move on to something else because there are countless, 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 endless choices of entertainment. There's literally, this, this podcast is literally one in a million. Did you know that? Did you know there are almost, a, I think there might, they may have crossed the million platform threshold not too long ago. Now, how many of those podcasts are actually releasing episodes? That remains to be seen. So, <clears throat> that was my thinking. And it still is my thinking. I think I have to do that. If I'm going to have a podcast, and how long I'm going to have this podcast is debatable. But if I'm going to have it, if I expect anyone to listen to it, I have to make it a little easier to find without putting myself, egotistically putting myself and expecting myself to be placed upon the pedestal in front of their eyes so they're looking at my handsome face all the time, in their, in their mind's eye anyway. To expect that is foolish. So, the best thing that I can do to keep my sanity and keep from hating you people, hating these digital representations of yourselves online and social media platforms, the best thing that I can do is cut the incoming traffic. I got rid of a lot of people. I have I, I, I try to figure this out, and I think I have, over the last, I don't know, five years, between the page and my various profiles, I had three major ones, and I've got another one that you'll never find. But between all of those, I have probably purged somewhere between six and 700 people. Down to zero. Except for, I think I have 11 people who live in Europe, Mexico, just people that I met traveling. They're only in there because if I decide to go travel again at some point, and I may, I want to be able to contact them easily. So I left them there, but deactivated the profile. Didn't delete it. Left Messenger intact. So people want to have a one-to-one -one with me because you people are different one-to-one. -one. <laughs> you, you understand that? I got to thinking about this. This is interesting. I got to think about this a little, little, little earlier this week. I guess it was over the weekend. Because I went in and I, I realized I hadn't finished up writing up one of my hitchhiking trips. And it got me back into the travel mindset, you know. 
It's like this energy you get into when you start remembering all of the hitchhiking stuff, the international traveling and all that stuff. There's this, it's almost like a new mainframe clicks in in my mind. Oh, traveling. Ah, oh, yes. I can smell the exhaust on the side of the road. It's great. And I got to thinking about how, you know, the cave thinking and all that, how when my only uh, eyeball to the world, to people, really, is the internet and what I see on social media. I become a prick. I don't like people anymore. I don't. Oh, you people are weird. You little internet avatars. You're pricks. You're jackasses. You're assholes. You are. We are. We are. I'll cop to that. But here's the thing. When I'm out hitchhiking or I'm traveling around Latin America or any of this other stuff, I deal with people one-to-one, especially the hitchhiking. I'm sitting alongside of the road or maybe I run into somebody in line at a truck stop and we start talking while we're waiting to pay for coffee. Maybe it's happened a number of times sitting on a bench outside of uh, Flying J. Having a one-to-one conversation, look at each other in the eye, an organic interaction without the group hat, the uniform. Oh, the ideological uniform or the religious uniform, it's taken off. It's a one-to-one interaction. And oh my God. Oh, and it's it's so much better inside of a car. Sitting in the front seat of somebody's car, barreling down the highway, there's a meditative sort of effect of driving anyway. Right? And you get in that car, strap on the seatbelt, shut the door, zoom, you're off down the interstate or whatever, and you start interacting one-to-one. They're in a meditative state because they're looking ahead. They're, they're, they're sort of you know dealing with the highway coming at them. I've driven across country countless times. That meditation, that meditative state of driving down the highway, it's real. I promise you. Road trips are awesome, if only for that reason. But anyway, you get in there and you start having this sort of meditative conversation with somebody who's completely isolated. The, the world cannot get to you in that car. You are boxing. You are fenced in by the doors, the windshield, and the back seat. And you're just sitting there interacting. Nobody's there to see it. Nobody's there to judge what you say. And they're saying it to a guy who's disposable anyway. Some dude they just picked up the side of the road. He's never going to see him again. Hell, I'm going to drive him off up here. I'll never have to deal with him. I can say whatever I want. I can be myself. And after a couple weeks of that, not even a couple of weeks, after a week of that, the distinction between these virtual avatars and the actual human beings, away from the group, away from the herd, the tribe, whatever you want to call it, the organic individual organism, when taken individually, when they haven't herded up and, you know, sort of gotten and engaged into the group mind thing, that interaction, those people, I love them. They're kind. They're reflective. Usually. Not always. 95% of the time, though, they are. They prove themselves to be human beings. But I'll tell you, it takes me about... Two days now. It used to take me close to a month when I got home from these trips to, to sort of get back online and be like, oh my God, no. It takes me two days after every trip now and I come back and I sit down and my eye becomes electronic and all I'm seeing of the world and you people is through that screen or the vast majority of it. The cynicism skyrockets I begin to see, I should say obsess on, 
the negative side of this human dualistic split that we have. We are a schizophrenic species, man. I've seen this <laughs> with those of you that I have met, those of you that are, were friends or have been friends with me on Facebook and had conversations with me over throughout the years, but yet have we have sat down and had organic interactions. I've seen the difference. You've probably seen the difference in me too. I'm pretty congenial <laughs> when we talk, when we sit down and we're face-to-face. I'm a little less so on the podcast because it's a monologue. I'm even less so online because I'm sick of you. I'm sick of your avatars. I just assume everybody's a jackass online. But I've seen this when we've sat down. I may be drinking some beer. I don't know, eat a pizza, whatever. We're just hanging out, talking politics, talking sociology. And I don't care where you come from, what side of the ideological spectrum you reside upon. When we sit down and we start having these reasonable one-to-one individual conversations, you're human beings. It's a human interaction. Reasonable. We can discuss things, give and take. But then, oh, the next time I see you online, oh, there it is. You're back into performance mode, tap dancing on the virtual stage for your crowd. I, I sort of let the cat out of the bag on the page this week, or last week. I said, I, I am a shameless Facebook profile snooper. Even if you're not in my friends list, if you pop into my mind, or we have any sort of conversation, I, I just, uh, oh, I wonder about, whatever. I will snoop your page. People call that Facebook. You're Facebook stalking. Look, let's get rid of that. That that faux outrage right now, okay? If you didn't want the world seeing your wisdom, seeing your wit, you'd adjust your settings so the world couldn't see it. That's why there's a public setting on your Facebook profiles. If you didn't want me snooping or stalking your page, (laughs) well, you'd change your settings to friends because then only your friends can see it and I wouldn't be able to look in your living room window. So let's get rid of that. I do this all the time. I do this primarily. Well, there's two reasons. First and foremost, I want to see the people that I've purged that I actually still have a, a reasonable amount of affection for that I know are better human beings than this. Right? If I've deemed them and judged them to be insufficient or inadequate, but I know they're better people than that, I'll go check on them, see if they changed. I also want to see if how far, how much further they've radicalized themselves. I want to see what they say when I'm not around. When they're not having a conversation with me. When they're not performing on my stage. I want to see the tap dance they do. It is so beneficial. Because I'll see these reasonable people when I've sat down with them, had the conversations, walk away, yeah, this guy's all right, I like this guy. And then I, then I do that. And I see what they're saying when they get back in the tribe. Which is the real human being? What's the real thought here? At which time, with me or with the tribe over there, is this, is this human being being who he actually is and saying what he actually thinks? Or is he just sort of playing karma chameleon and being all things to everyone? Whoever happens to be there at the time indicating he hasn't thought about a goddamn thing. He just wants to appear as though he has thought about a goddamn thing. It's fascinating. It's, it's so useful to see how people act 
and behave when you when they think you're not looking. I have a fascination. I call it tomorrow humanity. I I I, I love the idea and to, to be able to think about the things that we do. When we don't think anybody's looking, we're disgusting human beings. You know it. Don't sit there and oh, I'm not either. You know it. You've got your finger buried up your nose to the knuckle when nobody's around. Disgusting human beings. Disgusting beasts we are when nobody's looking. And that, that's the thing that fascinates me, the, the behavior when we think nobody's paying attention can't see us. What we do, what we think, what we really think inside of our heads, silently, the the things that we think, the ideas we have, the opinions we hold when nobody's listening. That is the human race stripped naked. If you want to figure out who you're dealing with, one of the best ways to do it is to watch them when they think you are not looking. That's what I do. I'm not going to apologize for that. If you don't want me, if you didn't want anybody seeing this stuff who wasn't in your friends list, you'd adjust your settings. That's why it's public. You want people to seek out your, your stuff. Now, maybe you didn't count on me going to other people's profiles and looking for your comments. <laughs> but if they're public, guess what? That has led to so many people being jettisoned. I'm sure they don't understand. Why did you get rid of me? We always get along on this page because I followed you off that page. I've seen the shit you're spreading around other people's page. You're a chameleon. You're putting on a show for me. I don't want performers. I want to know what people actually think. I can deal with almost anything, opinion-wise, as long as it's organic. Anything. As long as I can tell that you have thought it through and you have come to that conclusion organically, by yourself, specifically and individually, I will praise it because it's original. It comes from some blaze reel instead of being spray-painted or ejaculated into your skull. I'm going to shut this down right now because I don't want this to go an hour and a half. And I think I'm going to try to shove one of these out every single day this week because I have (laughs) more than enough to do that. Anyway, Facebook, the page is open. Escaping the cave after the Facebook.com crap. Come on over. If you got something to say, Go ahead. But I'm going to tell you, go to the notes section of that page first. Read those guidelines because if you don't and you come a farting, you come a farting, you take your parrot farts into my room, (laughs) I'm going to throw you out the airlock unceremoniously. Bye. Also off the network, I think I'd mentioned that in the last episode. So you are my marketing team. If you like this podcast, if you find it useful, share it. (laughs) That's the only way this thing's going to go other than Google and random people finding my page. So, again, if you think it has value, tell people about it. Send them to the page, something down that line. That would be awesome. So, yeah, Facebook, escapingthecave.com. That's the website. ToddzillaX.com. That has the uh, old travel stuff on it. Go check that out as well. 
and thanks for listening. Till next time, so long.